Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in another edition of On the Tee with Anita Marks and John Mascari. Wow, John, I almost mispronounced your name. And and Christina Thompson here on 98.7 ESPN. No, our show is not back in action, unfortunately, but at least we're providing podcasts for you. Um, And what we want to do on this podcast is we want to recap Kelowna. We want to look forward to Heritage, some of the storylines out there as well. And David Berman, who oversees our Daily Wager and our Chalk site, the gambling platform for ESPN, is going to jump on board with us as well and give us his picks. Hopefully, we can try to help you win some money, which, by the way, won about $500 this week with a little little DFS for my round four roster. I had Morikawa and uh, and Daniel Berger on it. So I uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner here week one. Yeah, now that retail is open, you can go shopping a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's dive into Colonial. Daniel Berger. I, I didn't. I did not pick him to win, but I did pick him to finish in the top twenty, top forty. You got some good odds there, but boy, uh, did he look? Did he look good? Here, here's what I find very interesting. You know, the three months they had off, guys. We had no like who was working hard, who wasn't. You know, I know the, the word on the street: Justin Rose going back to the Taylor Maids. That obviously helped him. DeChambeau, one of the big storylines, right? I mean, Jesus, he looks buff, even though he still has a beer belly. You see his little beer belly? <laughs> I don't know. Buff would be the word I would use. But but, but other than that, I mean, just some of the storylines out there. So, John, let's start with you. How good How good did Daniel Berger look to you, and what are your expectations for him moving forward for the Wow, what a, I mean, he had a great tournament, but if, you're, if you've been following golf like we do, this should not have been a shocker. You know, he had, he's been playing good – before the pandemic hit, um, he's gotten a lot healthier. He's really sharpened his game. Remember, this guy was a uh, two-time winner at the FedEx St. Jude. He was on the President's Cup team prior to uh, hurting his wrist back in 17. This guy is a really good player. Obviously comes from a, a great class from Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and kind of gets mixed in with those guys, but I was not shocked. I mean, he reeled off three consecutive top tens uh, coming in before prior to the pandemic. So he's been playing great. You kind of feel for some of the other guys who, who kind of tripped a little bit coming in, but doesn't take anything away from uh, what Daniel Berger did. He grinded really hard over the last two months to get into this position and, and kudos to him for a great tournament. Yeah, I was, hey. really, ex- I was really excited for him to win. Go ahead, Christine. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, he looked good in that tartan plaid, just going to say. There you go. I like the jacket. I Christina, like the- Christina Thompson, golf for her. my comments. As I always say, you got to look good to play good. I know that, how, that that's how I feel. Uh, but you, but John, you mentioned some guys who uh, kind of uh, failed at the end, dude. Um, Shoffley and Morikawa, two lip outs Ugh. to 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 a not contend for a playoff, b not win it. Here's my biggest question to you: How do how does a golfer rebound from that? Because obviously that that was your that was your last shot, right? That was your last putt. You know these guys haven't been sleeping well. They've been having nightmares about it. How do you regroup, refocus, and get ready for the Heritage this week? 
I think it's it's not just for golf. I think any athlete who has an opportunity to have the game on his hands at the end of regulation and misses just chalks it up to that where it's, you, you know, you take the shots and sometimes they're going to go in and sometimes they're not. And I think it was very mature of him how he responded, which he just hit a bad shot at a bad time and he's going to get back out there the next week. And you can't let it linger in your brain, you know. I'm sure all of us have had putts where – it was all but in and then whoops, it went out and you know, you have to kind of just let it run off your shoulder. And as hard as it, that may be, listen, we're, we're for us, it's probably a little easier, but I mean, this is to get into a playoff and to extend the playoff. I think these guys have played enough tournament golf that, and have missed, it's not the first time they've missed a putt like that where they let it get to them and break them down. He'll be back. It might even make them stronger. Guys, what guys? What about Rory? I, I had Rory winning this. That was my that was my pick. That was my bet. That's where a lot of my money was was on uh, was Rory to win it. And um, I also had some money on Justin Rose. Um, but dude, yeah, a, seven, a seventy four on Sunday, and I feel like this isn't the first time we've seen this. What 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 are we seeing from Rory on Sunday that he just you know he can open but he can't close? Dude can't close. <sighs> Uh, I wouldn't say he can't close. I mean, listen, it's a very hard golf course, and you can get into trouble very easily there. Uh, it's windy. Uh, the rough is high. The greens are well protected. Are you? Did you just laugh because I threw shade at Rory? Are you, you upset? Are you, you upset did. that I threw? You I threw you're shade setting the tone Rory. right away. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot of shekels in his bank account that say he can finish. He's won two. All, all I'm saying. All this is what I'm saying. We have seen, I'm not saying all tournaments, but we have seen a past history with Rory where he just does not play as well on Sunday as he does the first three days. There is, there is a track record there. It's not, it's not a prevalent one, but it is one. And he shot a 74. And maybe I'm a little bitter because I had my, I had, I had my hard earned money on Rory and he finished tied for 32. Hey, let's talk about DeChambeau. Man. Yes. Oh my, oh my God. Oh my God. The dude is, he's like, he looks like, like he's, he's, he's like a Hulk. I mean, he looks like he ate the gallery. Like he went from a medium to an XL. And like, he got more than the COVID-19. He got COVID-20, man. Like that is. So are you, so are you, are you re, like, are you sending him all new shirts from uh, Golf for Her, Christina? Is that what's happening? Like, is he, oh. does, he need, does he need a whole new extra, extra small oh wardrobe? Extra medium, extra large. He like, ate Kevin Na for crying out loud. He literally is an XL now. I mean, he's fitting into his clothes, but I mean, I'll listen, whatever it takes. I mean, you know, what he need, he needs like spanks for men. Oh my god! But you know, he put on the weight. He put on some muscle. He was in the gym during this time off, and you know, I know he's not trying to get distance and try to be like the long driver. And you know, the goal from what he I've understood him saying is he's trying to be able to make that second shot closer like he's you know his goal but I don't know he just it was like whoo it sure didn't look like he wasn't trying to be the distance leader did you <laughs> see the hurt he was putting on that ball I know oh I my know. goodness yeah John they were they were showing they were showing uh, you know the clips from uh, his new and improved backswing and you know it's something it, it's something that I have changed in in probably the past year you know I take a much shorter backswing um, and then I and then I come through and and I'm actually driving the ball a lot better. Obviously, if I take a larger backswing, I'm I'm driving the ball further, but I'm more accurate with a smaller back backswing. 
But I think that goes, I mean, I think that's really good advice. And, I, and that's something I always tell my students is I'd rather see you connect with a short jab than a haymaker, you know, to look at a boxing term. Let's get that club traveling the shortest distance back to the ball with power still. So I think anyone who's listening would certainly trade 10 yards less off the tee to be more accurate. Yeah, absolutely. But he is just murdering the ball. Yeah, and you talk about a haymaker. I mean, unreal. He's got he's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of uh... so. So I, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the heritage in just a second. I actually just a little preview here. I have I have Deschambeau missing the cut in the heritage. When we get there, I'll tell you all the reasons why. Justin Rose, as I said, he goes back to his Taylor Mays. He had three months, thirteen weeks, whatever the hiatus. I call it the pandemic pause uh, for the for the PGA Tour. You know, John, how difficult is that? Kind of share with us how difficult is it to go back to, you know, a certain brand, a certain club, but yet at the same time, he Justin Rose had six months, three months to do it. I think uh, we have to look at it from before he even went to Hamna. You know, he was a tailor-made uh, staff professional for his entire professional career. Even when he was at the um, the British Open as an amateur, he was playing tailor-made products and. When they switched to Hamna, I was kind of a little bit confused, but then I saw the cash check that he had from them, and it all made sense. What what did he what What was that amount? Do you know? Do you? Recall? I don't, but it was it had a lot of zeros at the end. Um, <laughs> so they're making a club for him, whatever he likes, anyway. Okay, so they're designing a club for him, Hamna. But this, I feel like going back to TaylorMade was like coming back home again. So it settled him down. He wasn't playing very well. I think you're going to expect a lot of great things from him this year. It's going to be back to normal, back to uh, the look, back to the people that he's worked with for so long. And I look, look to him having a good year with his, with his new old equipment. Guys, thoughts on Jordan Spieth. Uh, th- there, were, there were moments in this tournament, and I watched all four days. Who didn't? I mean, what else do we have to do right now uh, in regard to live, live sports? No, no NFL. Not sure if we'll ever have Major League Baseball this, this year in 2020. Um, hockey is a few months off, um, NBA, NBA, you know, so, you know, in, in watching all four, it's just, I I think we, we saw bits and pieces of, of the vintage Jordan Spieth, but at the end of the day, upstairs, it gets to him. And I don't know how he gets over that hump. Christina, what did you, what, what was your takeaway from Spieth this week? (laughs) Uh, Well, listen, you know, Spieth has, he gets, listen, I'm not, I'm going to say it. I'm not a big fan of Spieth. I think that he gets in, he gets into his head. I think he has a little. He's a little juvenile with some of his um, his expectations on his game. We've seen him when he starts playing bad. He kind of unravels a little bit. We've seen it at many, you know, several different tournaments. So I just think when he's not playing well, it gets into his head, and he really can't get out of his own way. I mean, again, this is, it's hard for me to to say what's going on with Jordan, but. Um, I know those are my thoughts. I just you mean think you didn't you didn't call him, you didn't you mean you didn't call him you didn't call him Sunday night and ask him? You know, I sent him a text and he didn't respond, so I'm a little bitter. <laughs> Do you have his new but number? Those are my thoughts. I, you know, <laughs> he's he's a, he's you a great. Know, you know, John. There's been t- there's some, there's been some talk that you know he's had a psychologist with at the end of last year. He had a psychologist who was with him on tour and went to some of the tour events. Now I don't know. Again, these were reports. I don't know how accurate that is. But, you know, golf is such a mental game, obviously. How does Spieth get over this hump? Personally, I didn't think it was that bad of a weekend for him. I thought he came out strong, back-to-back 65s to start things off. Granted, as we said, he ran out of gas into the weekend. Still finished with a top 10. He hasn't had a top 10 in a while. 
I mean, he had a four putt out there. He, it was a four putt and a ball out of bounds, and he's in the playoff. And we're having a totally different conversation. So, I, you know, there's always a lot of pressure for him playing there. It's kind of his home course. I think this is a sign of good things to come for him. I thought he played pretty well. You're so, like, you think he's going to have a good season? Do you think yeah, he's going to good for the I season? I think the, the layoff kind of maybe gives him a chance to reset his brain a little bit. Don't be surprised if he has a, a pretty good year. What about the guys who missed the cut? My guy, Ricky Fowler, and I was wearing orange on Sunday, by the way. <laughs> Get um, off that bus, man. John. <laughs> I think it's like leaking air. John, tires. John Rahm, <laughs> Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, um, four of the best golfers in the world that, that missed the cut. Any concern with, uh, with, with any of those guys? I wouldn't. I mean, that was a super strong field that was playing in that tournament. Super strong. And I think those are guys that will just bounce back easy. You know, you're you're allowed to have a, a bad round, right? By the way, kind of like when we played golf last weekend, Anita, you and just I just relax there, Mister. <laughs> so yeah, I've been I've been hit I've been hit or miss. I shot a I shot an 84 Spook Rock last week, and then um, I played uh, I played galloping. By the way, I played Galloping Hill um, out there at Union. Yeah, yeah right Union, on the parkway. Let me tell you something. That course. I, I, the fairways, it's like yeah. playing on carpet. It's one of my favorite public courses here in Georgia. Uh, it was, I, it was, I played yesterday uh, with my good friend Mike Kraft, um, and uh, it, it was, it was, the weather was great. It was, it was really greens were fast. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. And I, listen, I want to say, was it a year or two years ago? I read an article that New Jersey has the number one, the best public courses in the country are yeah. in New Jersey, and each, each, each and every year that article is holds true. Um, it, it really, really spectacular, but anyway, didn't do so shot a 92 yesterday at, uh, at Galloping Hill. So I, that's, I'm, I'm very, I have, a, I'm very inconsistent this season, John. Thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> oh, I, I'm happy to point it out. Trust me. Christy and I are still waiting for our invite to Alpine. Are you guys, are you guys COVID-19 friendly yet? We are, we are allowing guests as of this week. So really? First day of guests are allowed. We're guests. So I'll let you guys, maybe sometime in September we can do something. I didn't get, I didn't get a text <laughs> message from my buddy Harold or Kathy. I got to get on that. I'm sure they're dying to have you out there. I'm sure they are. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, go ahead, Christina. No, where, Phil, where did Phil end up? He, he missed the cut, right? He was, he was even for the, for the tournament. Where did he end up? Poor Phil. I don't, ha- I don't have that right in front of me. We're going to oh. get into, we're going to get into Phil in just a second. But um, I, I do. Before we move on, I do want to talk about Harold Varner III. Um, I, I hosted my radio shows this Saturday and Sunday, and going into Sunday, I want to say he was like two shots back, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. And uh, and you know, based on where we are right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, and for I, I want to say that also in watching the tournament, I, I had heard a stat: John, only what six African Americans have ever yeah. won on the tour, which is unbelievable considering how long the PGA Tour has been active and attractive. So I just, I felt like, look, you know, I had money on some other guys. I, I didn't, I didn't put money on Harold Varner. I did put money on him on the last day because I was rooting for him because I thought the storyline would be so tremendous if Harold Varner would have been able to win, but he just couldn't do it. Your, your thoughts on Harold Varner and, and how important and how, um, what a great story that was for all four days of this tournament. Yeah, he was obviously, I think he had tied for the lead at, at one point through the 36 hole mark. Um, Listen, he's got a little bit of a history of faltering in the final round as well. Um, I think he's 100 and something, 118th in fourth round scoring. But 
goes past all that, you know, with, with talk about a microscope being on you, the first sport really back and for a gentleman like him. And he is a fantastic, fantastic person. I mean that my entire heart. He's a great, great guy. It was good to see him play well. He finished in the top 20. Granted, there's no moral victories on the tour, but if there was one, it'd be this week with uh, HV3. I thought it was impressive how he handled himself, and it was impressive his play. So good on him. Guys, let, let's let's talk about COVID-19 for a second. Uh, the good news is that not one player um, tested positive from this tournament. Now, granted, understand the incubation period. It really is a week to 14 days out. Who knows what's going to happen the next few days. Pray to God that uh, no player on tour does come down positive um, as they head to Harbortown and Heritage is the next tournament. We're going to have those picks for you momentarily here on, on, on the program. And David Berman, who oversees our chalk site on ESP and our gambling site, is going to join us as well with his picks. So stay tuned for that. But here, here's the thing. Caddies were not supposed to be going back and forth with the clubs. That happened. Rules officials were out there, especially when you saw the playoff. No masks, right? Uh, dudes were fist pumping. So the rules that were supposed to be in place to help protect the players uh, fell by the wayside. And I, I, you know, and granted, again, nobody's tested positive yet. And I pray to God that that's the case, that nobody does get tested positive. But I just, I feel, I feel we saw it on the tour. And I'll be honest with you, I, I feel that, you know, I'm extremely careful. The only things I really do on a social level is I go hiking on Sundays and I play golf. I'm not going into restaurants. I won't even go to a restaurant that's serving outside. You know, I support the restaurants by ordering in. I wipe down everything when it comes. Like, I'm just, I'm uber careful. But I feel we as a country, especially here in New York and New Jersey, because now we're on the decline, where Florida and other states are on, on the incline, I think people have gotten laxed. And unfortunately, for the first tournament back, I really wanted to see, I really wanted to see the tour cross its T's and dot its I's. And we didn't see that. Christina, your thoughts? Well, you know, I think golf is one of those interesting sports. It's such an emotional me- like and muscle memory kind of sport. And when you're out there competing and you've got these caddies, I think it's really hard for players to not fall into those regular habits. I mean, everything you do on the golf course, even us hackers, we have those habits that it's, you know, it's they're really hard to break. And these guys are out there competing. This is the, really the first tournament they're out there. It's, they're gonna, it's, it's not surprising that they fell into those fist bumping caddies, that relationship, um, so fast. Um, it would have been nice to see the, uh, the, the, the crew out, you know, the, uh, the officials wearing masks, but, you know, I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm, I, I actually said to somebody about this that I'm like, I guarantee you're not going to see anybody wearing masks inside the ropes. Um, but I, I think that's what it comes down to. I think it comes down to these guys are in tournament they're They have that relationship and they're just going to fall into those habits really fast. So not, not surprising at all that that's, you know, what we saw out there. And I don't think it's going to change. John. To your point, Christina, the, the players and the caddies spend so much time together. They're in such a routine mm-hmm. with where they stand, how they talk, how they communicate, touching the club, this and that there was bound to be instances where those rules were broken. What bothers me is the fact that the staff and the people involved with the PGA tour relax in that manner. They should know that they are under a microscope of the entire sporting world this weekend and moving forward. I would have been everyone in a mask rather be cautious and lax 
And I was very surprised to see that that was the case from the rules officials, the people uh, just you know inside the ropes. They could have done a better job at that. Listen, it's the first time out. They're going to get better at it. They're going to make adjustments. They're probably having meetings on Monday morning about all of what we're talking about. You'll see it differently in Harbortown. But I, I think all in all, it was, a, it was a good job this weekend to get golf back. Yeah, and I think it proved that you can actually have great golf on television without spectators and without the fans. So I think it was it was a really enjoyable tournament to watch. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, every every tournament is going to be a learning experience for the players as well as the sponsors and everyone behind the tour. So we go into Harbortown, and it, yeah, we're, we may see things that are different or we may see a continued lack. So I'll tell you what, it's it's a harder game without spectators, that's for sure. Well, you know, I thought it was interesting that most of the players, when you're playing, you know, you're listening to the roar of the fans on the other holes to kind of help you gauge what's happening, especially in those final holes heading up into like, you know, the, the end of the tournament. So they, they don't have that. So it's interesting to see how they've adapted to knowing what's going on, whether you're looking at the leaderboard or not. But they have so much, um, I don't know the word I'm trying to think of, but like that, that sensory uh, idea of what's going. Yeah, on. they they kind of know where they are in space. I'm I'm saying just from a playing the golf course perspective, you know the 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 stand the stands are up, so as a golfer, it's much easier to hit into stuff where you have a backdrop. Correct. From right. Absolutely. Number one. Number two. The fans are really good at stomping down the rough. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so all of the walking areas are in the rough. So the, right. the heavy rough is stamped down. So if you hit one offline, you're not in that big of trouble. Right. And and as you know, as weird as it sounds, if you hit one crooked, a lot of times it'll bounce off someone or bounce <laughs> off a stand and come back into play. So you've got this now vast openness of a golf course like we're used to playing. Yeah. You know, there's no wall to bank it off here. I like I like but then, the then, but then you lose a glove once you hit a spectator. Then you lose a That's glove. That's right. You have to sign but- it. I also like the lack of like, you know, you make a great putt. There's no crowd to like tip your hat to. <laughs> Some of the guys were waving to the imaginary people. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing the- Such muscle memory. Talk, yeah. talk about habit. All right, guys, really quick. I, I do want to take a look at the schedule before uh, David Berman from uh, Chalk and uh, Daily Waiter is going to join us momentarily. Uh, and we're going to dive into heritage and give you some picks. But before we do, let's take a look at the schedule. As we know, we have Harvard Town and that's heritage. That starts this Thursday. Um, and then in regard to no fans, the next five tournaments will have no fans. Travelers, it heads to Connecticut, which is nice. Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Workday Charity Open in Ohio. But then here at the Memorial Tournament um, is going to have limited number of fans, by the way. Patrick Cantlay trying to defend his title there. Then reports are the 3M Open, which is July 23rd and 26th in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. They're saying no fans there. The conversation I want to have with you really quick, again, before we move into really diving into the heritage, is the Ryder Cup. And no decision has been made yet in, re- in regard to fans or not. Now, that is a tournament. That is an event that, <laughs> ne- that needs fans. What, what, what side, you know, as, as cautious as we want to be when it comes to COVID-19, what do you think, what do you think PG of America needs to do with that? I, I can't see them having fans at all for that event. There's no way. Why? I mean, just for the fact is when you have a regular PGA tour event, you've got however many fans on the golf course, they're spread out over 18 holes. 
the Ryder Cup, you've got like four matches. Everyone is following 16 people. That's it. Right. So the crowds are denser. They're moving around as a mass from hole to hole. I just can't see how safely that could be accomplished. And knock on wood, something happens where they we figure out how to, how to better manage that or there's some sort of uh, treatment. But it's going to be shoulder to shoulder if you have fans there. So do you think – so, John, do you think they're going to say no fans? What's your gut telling I think, you? I think they're going to say no fans. No, they're going to – they'll figure out ways to engage the, the online and the home viewers, but I, don't, I, I can't see them. Well, again, let's see. Maybe maybe the memorial, memorial will prove us wrong. Who knows? But just keep that in the back of your mind that a match play in a Ryder Cup is a lot different than a PGA Tour event. Interesting. All right, let's bring in uh, David Beerman. You can hear him and see him all over ESPN. He oversees our daily wager and our chalk site. He is our our, our captain when it comes to um, our gambling um, arena at ESPN. David, welcome in. Thank you for joining us here on the tee. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to be here. How are you guys today? We're great. We're great. Um, I, I did quite well, especially uh, on uh, on the fourth day in regard to DFS. Uh, for Colonial, and so I'm playing with house money, looking to expand that, uh, maybe even double, triple that this week at Heritage. And now here, here are the metrics in regard to what you need. Heritage, Hilton, of, of course, um, Harbor Town, very similar in regard to Colonial, right? So skill set, more accurate off the tee as opposed to distance, great iron play, great putting. Harbor Town has some of the smallest greens. So in regards to the metrics and what guys need in their bag to win at Harbor Town is pretty much what we were looking at last week at, at Colonial. So, you know, David, since we have you on, let's start with you. Who are you looking, who are you looking at to win this whole thing come Sunday? I mean, you make a good point. It is very, very similar, if not more important for iron play. And the greens are so small. You've got to get it there. you got to be accurate. And, and I'm sticking with the plan. I can readily admit I didn't do very well last week when it came to DFS and or some of the picks. I, I went with Webb Simpson last week. I thought John Rahm had a shot there with his ball striking abilities. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to go away from the plan because the course is the course. And the one the one hardest thing last week, and, and I heard someone tell me it's almost like week one of the NFL, that it's so tough when these guys have been off for three months. And they played like it. There were a lot of guys who missed the cut that should have, you know, been up there, whether it was a Matt Kuchar or John Rahm. Obviously, Rory didn't play well. Ricky didn't play well. But in terms of your question for this week, like – I. You call it a day late, dollar short. I really like Morikawa this week. I think he had it last week. We all saw how well he played. He played as well as anybody in that tournament. Missed a few short putts in front of thousands of people not there watching. Missed a couple of short ones. So I think his iron play, and he's right up there in every single one of the shots gains, tee to green, shot gains overall, shot gains uh, approach. He has all the metrics to get it done, and, and he would be my top pick to hold the trophy this week. And everyone's like, oh, it's, it's easy to pick the guy who lost the playoff last week. But it's a very, very similar course. Um, so I think he'll be right there. Some of the other guys I'm looking at, I, I was all over Webb Simpson last week, and, and I took egg in the face considering the fact that Webb didn't make the cut, and I had him top 20, had him top 10, had him winning it. But if you actually look at Webb's scores from last week, he had a bad Thursday. No make no bones about it. Whenever you have a card that has zero birdies on it, no circles, you didn't have a very good round. But if you look at Friday, he was actually four under after 10 holes on Friday. He was under the cut line, threw it 
and the double bogey in the water on the on the second to last hole, which cost him making the cut. His stats weren't that bad. He had a lot of birdies and an eagle on Friday, and maybe you chalk up Thursday to some rust. Webb Simpson is the type of player who low, great ball striker, good around the greens. He is someone who took him last week, and it, it failed me. Maybe because of the layoff. Maybe you just didn't have a good week. I think his number at 25 to 1 is a really good number that probably should be around 18 if he had made the cut. So he's a guy I'm looking at. And, and if you look at past performance, there's nobody better at this course than Matt Kuchar. And Matt Kuchar is a guy who historically has finished in the top 10 at this event, actually finished in the top 11 five of the last six years. And he's made the cut each of the last 15 seasons. So if you're filling out your DFS lineup, if you're looking for somebody to make the cut and, and you're looking for a medium shot to win at 40-1, to 1, Cooch may be your guy to maybe take the lead into Sunday, maybe bet the other side, bet a couple other guys, and, and guarantee yourself some coin. Interesting. That's who I have winning, uh, Matt Kuchar. He's just uh, he's a wizard when it comes to this, uh, this tournament and, and, of course, this course. John, I want to bring you in here. Two things. Well, first things first. I also like Webb Simpson. Hey, keep in mind, Webb Simpson has five kids. And I don't know, and I mean, David, I know you have kids. John, you have kids. Christine and I do not. How funny is that? Um, but from what I understand in regards to this COVID-19 era we're living in, it's a lot to have kids at home right now. You know, they're, 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 they're schooling at home. They're on the Zoom. You know, so keep that in mind in regard to Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson might have had a, you know, a slow start just because he's been at home with five kids <laughs> during COVID-19 normally leave my phone in the in the cart when I play but for whatever reason because I was using it as a GPS I had it in my pocket and my own six-year-old FaceTime me as I was standing over a putt on the third hole the other day so I can only imagine what Webb Simpson's going through with five kids yeah he's probably sleeping in the parking lot at, at Harvard Town right now <laughs> but John if you can we're, we're going from bent grass at Colonial to Bermuda grass at Harvard Town uh, can you can you kind of elaborate on that? In in you know because yeah, some, I think um, some guys are better on Bermuda than bent grass. Why is that? Uh, yeah, the ball sits up a little bit more in Bermuda grass. Uh, obviously, the short game is a little different because of the way the club travels through it uh, gets caught up sometimes. You'll see guys who actually change their wedges when they switch from uh, bent to Bermuda just because of that. They they go back and forth so many times, and a lot of them live in uh, places that are Bermuda grass. So I, don't, I can't see it being that big of an issue for most of the players on the tour. Uh, I love what, what we heard with, um, with Kuchar, a great history at Harbortown. I'm still looking at Jordan Spieth again to, to break out this week. I think he got the short end of the stick, literally. I, I would feel this past weekend. I think he's in a good place. I know you like uh, you still like Ricky Anita or no? No, I, I don't have Ricky. My long shots, uh, Brandon Grace and Luke Donald this week. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to play them a lot in DFS. Um, I'm going to put some money on them to finish, uh, you know, top 10, top 20, top 40. Um, Maverick McNeely, by the way, <coughs> plus 200 on DraftKings to finish in the top 40. Um, his last three rounds at Colonial were really, really, really impressive. And his skill set, if on point, based on what I saw last week at, 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 at Harbortown, I think there's great value there for him to finish in the top 40. I also, I know Russell, Russell Knox, a lot of people were high on him last week at Colonial. He didn't make the cut. I think he bounces back. And another one, David, Jim Furyk has a great success at Harbortown as well. I see him finishing in the top 40 as well. David, do you have some long shots or some top 20, top 40 players you like? 
Sure. There's a guy who, uh, a couple of guys that uh, that'll be in the column that we're going to come out tomorrow on chalk. I like Tyrell Hatton at 50 to one. He's a guy who hasn't played a lot because he's overcoming uh, a wrist surgery he had in November, but the two times he has played over here in North America, he has a, he had a T six in Mexico and he won the Arnold Palmer invitation. He did not play last week. So maybe the extra rest, he, does he need rest? He had an extra week after the three months. Um, I think um, at 50 to one, that's a good price for someone. No one's paying attention to, uh, Shane Lowry at 75 to one. I'm also taking him at three to one to finish in the top 20. He finished third there last year. He's had a couple of good tournaments under his belt and he's won some big ones before. Plus he's in the top 20 in strokes gained T to green, which is important here. And for a longer shot, I like Adam, Adam Hadwin at 125 to one, at least to make the cut. He's 26th on tour and shots gained on approach and has made the cut here in each of his last three appearances. So Hatton, Lowry, and Hadwin are a couple of names throughout there. I do like Furyk. I'll probably play him a little bit in DFS at a low price. There are some names there. I want to throw one set out you, and and I think John's going to love this one. Uh, This comes from Mackenzie Kramer, one of our golf researchers in in ESPN Stats Information Group. The last four winners of the event here at Harbortown. So if you're looking at McElroy and you're looking at Rom and you're looking at, you know, the, the Dustin Johnson's the world scratch it. The last four winners you have uh, CT Pan last year, 125 to one. Kodiara the year before at 250 to one. Wesley Bryant in 2017 at 60 to one. And Brandon Grace at 41 in 2016. So 40 to one or longer each of the last four years on this course. Now, the, 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 the fields have never been as stacked as they are right now. You don't see these right. guys playing this course often, so it might be a little bit harder to get a long shot there. But this is typically not a course where the favorites win. John, anybody stand out to you um, that you're eyeing this week? Based yeah, on you know, I mean, at, at some lower odds, I really like Sun J.M. He's a, he's a great iron player, really solid putter, sets up well for this course. My man Patrick Reed is great at social distancing. He might be around during the hunt. I think he's going off at thirty or twenty-eight or something around there. But no one's mentioned Brooks Kepka. It's not a major. Not a major. Put your eyebrows go up there. Forty to one for Brooks Kepka. Man, it's worth a few shekels just to throw on him. Sure. Hey, what do you think of the mustache, by the way? I think we're all in this COVID-19 where the last time I was on Anita's pod, I looked like uh, I hadn't shaved since before this started. So I get it. Um, it is what it is. I think he'll clean that puppy up before he gets to Augusta. Yeah. Um, guys, some, some, uh, some matches that I like, and, and we're recording this podcast on Tuesday. The first round matches, matchups have not come out yet, but the tournament matches have come out. And one that I really love, and I think you and I are on the same page here because you like Kuchar as well, David. And that's Kuchar over Finau, minus 120. Again, we talked about this is this is Kuchar's course for sure. Finau, whose best club, his driver, driver's going to make few appearances. You don't need a driver to win here. So I, I think, and those are really great odds. Future to finish better than Tony Finau, uh, minus 120. I think that's the best bet on the docket. Do you have a matchup you really like, David? I do like that one as well. I think that, that Kuchar um, is a guy where, you know, he typically finishes in the top 10. So having him against a female power player type guy, I, I think will work well. Um, I do also like, I, I believe Morikawa is up against Rory in one of the matchups I saw. Um, I had that actual exact matchup on Sunday at Colonial and it won. So I, I like that again. Um, and then I'm going to wait until the, the day of matchups come out to see what we like. What do you, what do you think about Gary Woodland? Thoughts? 
I think Gary Woodland is a it's weird. He's a combination player here. He's a guy who can can drive it as far as anybody on tour. So you'd want to avoid a power player, but at the same time, his his iron game has really really come around. You saw him win the you know win the Masters before around the greens, and he played very very well last week until Sunday. So he's someone that I think you could move from the category of bombers to all-around good player. I would not be surprised if he wins another major in the next year or two. So he's a player that you can throw some some dough on because he has improved, as you saw with his major win around the green, because, you know, just 18 months ago, he was in the Dustin Johnson can only play if he can hit it 400-yard category, but his all-around game has come across pretty well. Here's another one for you. Um, I'm, I'm putting down money that DeChambeau misses the cut, and that's plus 400 on DraftKings. No show DeChambeau. No show DeChambeau. He missed it in 2019 and 2017. And again, you know, man, guns are blazing last week. That's not going to fit the bill here at Harvardtown. So at actually, plus 400, why not? I um, Of all the emails I've gotten so far this morning with the picks between yours, the Bears, uh, Doug Kazarian's, and my own, that was the one that jumped out to me the most was the DeChambeau not to make the cut. And then I went back and looked at the stats. I'm like, oh, she's got a good point. And actually, come to think of it, I, I actually think that's who Morikawa is up against, not Rory. I think he's up against DeChambeau and head-to-head. So you know where I'm headed on that one. Absolutely. Uh, David, if you can, let our listeners know, um, you know, when is the article going to post? How can they find it? Sure. We're, uh, we're going to have this post tomorrow morning around 8.30, quarter to 9. It'll be on ESPN.com backslash chalk. Um, or just, you know, type in ESPN Chalk in Google or on the app. We're now in the app. So if you go to More Sports under Chalk, you'll find our article. It'll be there. It'll be best bets from Anita, myself, uh, Mr. Chris Bear Felica, and, and the host of Daily Wager, Doug Kazarian. Um, and then I'll also tweet it out at uh, D Bearman ESPN uh, is, is my Twitter handle. So it'll be out there, and um, we'll update some stuff as the week goes on. And hopefully you and Doug will, will take something that will add to it. We'll go from there. Fantastic. David, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Uh, John Mascari, who of course is the head pro at Alpine, um, they're, uh, they're accepting uh, non-members now to come play. So maybe eventually you and I will get an invite and we can go play at Alpine. Hey, Christina, anytime you guys want to come over. Yeah, the, the, the three of us <laughs> can go play at Alpine with John. Hopefully we can make that happen soon, David. We can. I'm there. Looking forward to it. You got it. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank um, you. Guys, before we end the podcast, uh, just some some side notes, little news and notes. And, Christine, I know you want to jump on this. Phil Mickelson, dude's turning 50, right? Dude's turning 50. And he came out, and, and I heard about this coffee last year, this new special coffee that he's all about. And, well, he wants to trademark it, and he wants to sell it. He wants to make it available for the masses. And it's going to be called Coffee for Wellness. And it's Phil's personal blend of coffee. It, this is what it's about. Ethiopian coffee. So I'm assuming coffee beans from Ethiopia, MCT or XCT oil, collagen protein powder, Himalayan pink salt, almond milk, just to name a few of of the ingredients. Hey, listen, as great as Phil looks and, and, and as well as he's playing, I'm going to purchase it. I'll buy it. I'll try it. What do you have to lose? Christina? I'm on it. I'm waiting for it to come out. I will get it in pods. I will get it everywhere. If, if, 
if, if, if it does what he says it's going to do, listen, I don't know. I don't know when Phil became like this health. I, I, John's making fun of me here. I got one. I got one. (laughs) I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker. I love coffee. I love good coffee. I love Ethiopian coffee. And if it's going to help me lose this COVID-19 that I gained, (laughs) I will totally be on it. I'm, I'm an intermittent faster. So all I do is drink coffee anyway. So listen, I will be his guinea pig. I'm in. I mean, so how, much, how much weight have you have you gained? Uh, we're not talking about that right now. Oh, you, I just know. Met, you just met. I'm get, I probably I've probably gained ten. I've probably gained ten pounds. Me um, and Jambo. But 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 and, and a lot of that is because I'm not spinning anymore. But <laughs> how about this? I, I live in Hoboken, and I, let me just I want to give a shout out to our mayor here in Hoboken, in, in, in the city of Hoboken. Uh, they've gone above and beyond in regard to uh, handling this pandemic. And they're allowing restaurants to extend their seating out into the middle of the street on Washington on Thursdays and Sundays. They're sh- shutting down Washington Street. So pretty much Washington Street is going to become Bourbon Street any moment now. And on top of that, they're letting gyms and workout facilities ho- host classes outside. Like Venice Beach, California? So this, yes, exactly. So this past weekend, there was um, Pilates and yoga outside. And there's going to be spinning outside. So Wednesday morning, I'm taking my first spin class since this whole damn <laughs> pandemic happened outside on a baseball field. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. I love it. So, but anyway, I'll walk by and wave. As little little side note. By the way, I, I, who you, are you, I've never? What's you've had Ethiopian coffee before? Yeah. I, let me tell you. Have you ever had Ethiopian coffee? What? I know. Who's that? Do you guys remember when we had breakfast before the pandemic? Do you guys remember this? Coffee snob. I love my coffee black, and I like it dark, and I love it flavorful. So, listen. If you remember, if you remember, we the three of us got together in Hoboken and had a little breakfast brunch. Oh, that's right. And I got that's right. And I got and you got this. The Jamaican Blue Mountain Press. It was like twenty five dollars for a (laughs) pot of coffee. I'm like, what? Are we about to drink here? You're like, da, 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 da. it's Jamaican. Good, you try it. It was really good. Everyone's heard of Jamaican. It was really good. I never had it before. So, anyway, um, Christina, before we move on to, I just want John to comment on the Ryder Cup uh, update in a second. But before we do, give us a quick update on what's going on with the LPGA. When, when are we, when are we going to see them back in action? What's up next? All that good stuff. Yeah, no, the ladies, they're, they're ready to get out there. They're, I mean, this is a long time for them not to be playing. I mean, they haven't even had the opportunity to play some of those tournaments that the PGA has played. But the LPGA did announce that the tour will resume in 2020 with back-to-back tournaments in Ohio. So the first tournament is scheduled. It's the LPGA Drive-On Championship, which is actually a, a new event for the 2020 season. It's a three-day tournament that's going to be held July 31st to August 2nd at Inverness Club in Toledo, Ohio, which is also the place and location of the 2021 Solheim Cup. So we'll get a good glimpse at the course for that tournament um, scheduled uh, for later next year. But um, the second tournament is the Marathon LPGA Classic presented by Dana, which is now going to be played August 6th through the 9th, which originally was scheduled for July, but they moved it. um, So it will align back-to-back with the LPGA Drive-On Championship. So we'll have a two-week stretch in Ohio starting at – the end of July for the ladies. So no, um, we'll fan, be, no fans, no fans, no sponsors, no pro-ams, no spectators. So 
it's going to be, it's going to be interesting for them to get out there and play, but I know the ladies are eager. They're practicing. A lot of them are playing in some smaller uh, mini tour events just to keep their tournament chops fresh and ready to go, but they're, they're ready. They're, they're itching to get out there. So John, let's end, let's end on this. And thank you very much, Christina, Christina Thompson, again, golf for her. uh, And she's got a fantastic shop in Denville, by the way. Um, We open today. Yay. Fantastic. Congratulations, mama. Uh, John, let's, let's end on this. The 2020 Ryder cup, Steve Stricker. Now, now the format before um, he got eight players, eight golfers based on their points. And then he was able to pick four, four captain picks. Well, because of COVID-19 and the season, again, I'm calling a pandemic pause. And what's happened, now it's six and six. So six players will be chosen on points. The other six will be chosen from Steve Stricker. Now, the first, now if, if the season was to end today, those six would be Brooks Kepka, DJ, Patrick Reed, uh, Christina's Woodland, uh, Webb Simpson, and Shoffley. Those would be your six based on points. But really quick, just your, your thoughts on, on the format changing and did you feel this was necessary? Yeah, I think obviously it's necessary under the, the situation that we're in. But let's think of it a little deeper where this is Stricker essentially picking half the team on his own. And it might be a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, we, we seem to be a little weaker than our European counterparts in these type of events. And just going right down the, the rankings might not put the best team together. So. You're going to get six of the, the six top players from the U.S., and then Steve can kind of supplement it with um, some guys that he feels are better suited for this format. Not just a few, half the team. So I think it, it puts a lot of power in his hands. I think you'll get a very well-balanced team. You'll have, for lack of a better word, some good role players uh, looking at it from different sports. But we all know the champions have uh, your big guns, but you also have the guys that are, are good in the trenches. So be interesting to see who he picks and uh, how he goes, what direction he goes with those six captains picks. Fantastic. Guys, I want to thank you for your time this afternoon and recording the podcast. Um, again, the Heritage kicks off on Thursday. We have some picks for you as uh, the, the week progresses and there's more, uh, more things to wager on. Um, I will have that up on my Twitter site. So you can follow me on Twitter at Anita Marks. And typically I do, I, I post my picks uh, Wednesday, wait Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, and then uh, each and every morning prior to the tournament. So please follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm playing golf this week. I'm playing. I played. Uh, like I said, I played uh, Galloping Hill yesterday. I'm playing Rivervale Country Club tomorrow, and I'm playing Spook Rock on Friday. Um, like I said, and, and and actually, I'm get this. I'm playing Spook Rock on Friday morning and then i'm going to skyway and i'm playing nine it's nine i'm playing i'm playing nine at skyway no girl so actually i'm playing four times this week i just here's the thing i mean what else are we doing like what else can we do can't go to a gym right can't go out to eat can't go to restaurants and this is this is it now i mean i'll just tell you golf at alpine is up like 200 percent every tea time every 12 minutes is taken from sun up to sundown Every day. We're open seven days a week now. We're never open on Mondays. Now we're open on Mondays. You have to be. You have to be. It took a pandemic, but people are turning back to golf. Christine, I really, really waiting, expecting, and excited for that invite, John. Christina, are you playing this week at all? 
I am. I played, well, I played the other day. I played at Skyview out in Sparta. So that's definitely a course you have to play. I shot an 85. So I'm very happy with only my second round of the season. So I'm going to brag a little bit. But, um, yeah, we're playing somewhere up in PA, probably uh, maybe Woodlock or Skytop. So there's some great courses um, just haven't committed. But, yes, we'll definitely be out there on Sunday. All right, guys. Sing, swing oh, I, I, I played Rivervale a couple of days ago with Anita. And uh, I gave her six shots on the front nine and beat her four and three. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, John. Just so you know. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for I never get to chime in with anything related to playing golf. It's only been fifty minutes. The golf pro never gets to talk about golf. It's only been fifty minutes and he's already busting boobs. Actually actually John, you you first of all, wait. I'm burying the lead. Christina, John's lost twenty pounds. Dude is you you think I haven't seen you other than in your your head in Zoom call in Zoom podcast. Let me see the bot. Oh man, John's looking good. Look look oh. at that. Look at that. He's looking better than Phil. I'm gonna call him the bod now. That's he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't I even have anything. I just took a ton of coffee. Yeah, being coffee. He is coffee. Unbelievable. And hitting so, bombs. John's John's looking good and hitting bombs. John, you really played well the other day. So thank you. Anyway, we got to get together. Hey, yes. we want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to try to be here with you each and every week, recapping um, one tournament and previewing the other. And uh, please follow us on Twitter. Again, I'm at Anita Marks. John is at John Mascari PGA. And Twitter. Christina is at Golf for her. Remember, it's the number four. (laughs) There you go. Guys, thank you so much.